This edition of 100 Not Out proudly brought to you by the 2019 Greek Island Longevity Experience in Ikaria. Join Damien Christoph and myself for 10 days on the island where people forget to die. Live with the locals, drink the wine, eat the food and discover the longevity lifestyle with a select group of like-minded people just like you who will become friends for life. Activities include stunning hikes, cooking classes, essential oil workshops, festivals and dancing, grape stomping and wine harvesting, village hopping, beach days on the Aegean Sea, farming and foraging with the locals and so much more. For dates, details, highlights of previous events and to apply, go to 100notout.com. Group size limited to 16 and applications processed on a first-in, first-served basis. TheWellnessCouch.com streaming wellness into your lives. Welcome to 100 Not Out, featuring your hosts, Dr. Damien Christoph and Marcus Pierce. Hello and welcome to 100 Not Out, a weekly show dedicated to helping you master the art of aging well. Marcus Pierce here with you and for the first time in 2019, I get to introduce the co-founder of The Wellness Couch and The Wellness Guys. He is my brother from another mother. He is the dead set legend, the rock star of wellness, Dr. Damien Christoph. Hello, brother. Hello, brother. How are you? Mate, I'm fabulous. Happy New Year to you. Great to have you back. Thank you, mate. And how did you see the year in? What did you get up to? We went to a neighbor's house, uh, the great Alessandro, who is the greatest <laughs> Italian chef that I know. He has cooked for Roger Federer. Wow. He has traveled the world sharing his masterpiece, which is fine food. He is one of the great chefs here in the Northern Rivers. He is my neighbor about two doors down. And uh, when he says, I'm cooking on New Year's Eve and having a street party, you definitely don't <laughs> say no. Um, and amazing. so Alessandro and his lovely wife, Sarah, and their daughter, Isabella, uh, had us and the neighbours round, and there were 20-odd 20, 20 of us. Um, wow. I, must ad- I must admit, though, as wonderful, romantically Hollywood uh, style that that sounds, Darby decided to get a fever at about uh, <laughs> 2 o'clock that afternoon. So um, yes. that kind of put a dampener on things. I got over to Alessandra's and I said, mate, all I want to do is have a drink, swear, and eat your food because I'm so unhappy that my son has a fever on New Year's <laughs> Eve. And he said, oh, Marcus, give me a hug. Give me a hug, mate. Give me a He was very, as, a, as other fellow parents would admit, it's just not nice when you just want to right. chillax a bit on New Year's Eve and just have a gin and tonic with your Italian neighbor and just talk and swear and talk and have fun. Um and that's what we did. And then um, saw her in the midnight hour, which don't often do. Oh. Uh, popped open some Prosecco, I think it was. And oh. uh, and then I was in bed by about quarter past midnight. <laughs> <laughs> well, well done. I mean, that's nearly five hours past your bedtime. So that's incredible. Yeah. You did a good job. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, you hit the nail on the head. What about you? What did the Christophs get up to on December 31? Well, we went to Phillip Island. We were in Phillip Island. And, really? Uh, yeah, Jack's. Well, we were really close to Inverloch. We were, yes, you you were. Know, just, just around 40 the minutes corner. down the road. Uh-huh. And uh, so we were there. The weather had been absolutely beautiful in the lead up to it. And when you're in um, Phillip Island, we're in actually Stadium Smith's Beach. So you could see all the fireworks all over the place. It was absolutely fantastic. And uh, we too had a little bit of Prosecco, albeit it was mixed with some Aperol and, uh, yes, and also a little, a little bit, bit of, of um, fizzy water. Yeah. Some people call that a spritz. Yes. And, uh, we we had those. That was just great. It was a really beautiful way to bring that in. We had a um, a great barbecue uh, of seafood. So I'd made this beautiful big rockling 
um, kind of meal with some Thai spices and herbs and all that sort of stuff. So that was delicious. And we had some some rice with that. And then we also had some prawns and some oysters. And uh, and we sat there with our great friends, Brooke and JC, and their children and Jackson. Um, And we just had a really wonderful night. And we, we also... Saw the new year into midnight. Uh, by about three minutes past midnight, Amber had gone to bed. High fives to you, Amber. Yep, she was gone. Um, JC and I wanted to stay up, and both of our wives had gone to bed, and we just watched the the follow up of the fireworks sort of stuff in in Melbourne as well as in Sydney, and uh, then we chuffed off to bed as well at about one o'clock, and that was it. So, was it? Uh, and then we're up, you know, bright and early the next day to go fishing, and had a great day. It it's a great. Um, the older I get, and and naturally uh, somewhat biased because of our time in Ikaria, there used to be so much pressure on New Year's Eve. Now I see it as a great social opportunity, regardless yeah. of the date that it is. It's a bonus yeah. that you hit midnight and you uh, pop a cork, but. Um, it's just a great if you can, if you can swing it. It's a great opportunity to be social with people that you love, um, and and if the opportunity presents, have a chat about the year and reflect and project and all the things that that you can do around that time. But geez, it's a good opportunity just to have some good quality time with people. Isn't that cutie? Everyone wants it, and yep. uh, yeah, just just loved it, and just about to sit back in a chair and not have a care in the world. It's yes. just really even if you do have a care in the world, to not have a care in the world. Yeah, it just kind of feels like everything came to an end and now you start a, a fresh slate. Yeah. You know, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? So I don't know what that phenomenon is, but people feel like they've got to get everything done before Christmas, then there's a wind-down period of about a week, and then there's a launch-in period of about a couple of weeks, and, uh, and then the year gets going again. So it's, do you reckon um, it's inbuilt or do you reckon that's cultural, social, commercial, you know, mass media, or do you reckon that is actually a – uh, uh, for want of a better term, like an intuitive type of feeling that that we get, because I definitely buy into it. I love the end of the year and start of the year and reflecting on goals achieved and not achieved and the year I want to have and the, where do I want to go and who do I want to spend my time with, and I love that time of the year. Yeah, yeah, me too. Oh, look, it could be intuitive, um, but uh, I, I tend to think it's probably more cultural, you know, particularly here in Australia, um, where I think we really cherish the stuff that we're starting to lose. Um, and maybe not starting to lose, I think in, in many cases we've actually lost it, that ability just to have a barbecue or that ability just to chill out and hang out. Like the pace of life is pretty full on. And, um, you know, rules and regulations. I read this morning from yesterday's paper. Uh, that there's uh, restaurants now not serving children lemon, lime and bitters uh, because bitters have got alcohol in them <laughs> and they're afraid to lose their liquor license. That's how. Well, they definitely it- can't serve kombucha then. <laughs> well, this is it, right? They've got a trace, uh, trace amount of alcohol. I'm being serious. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm in agreement as well. So, I, you know, the things have gone a bit silly. And, but you can't uh, have any soft drink because isn't ethanol part of the alcohol process? Uh Yes. And yes. toothpaste. You can't brush your teeth because isn't there a trace amounts of alcohol in toothpaste? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And this is this is our licensing laws and laws just in general in Australia. And because we've come, become such a highly regulated country, um, we've got this sort of, um, you know, loss of identity and, and rule restriction, even in around conversations and language and all those sorts of things where, you know, where I, I read the origins of swearing just the other day and that was really quite fascinating and why we swear and what it's all about. And so that some words can actually be used in so many different contexts. It's hard to know if it's a, a noun, a verb, an adjective, <laughs> um, you know, and, and so on and so forth, and so on and so forth. And 
And so a word used in a particular context can be used to accentuate the feeling of whatever it is that you want, whether it be a good or bad feeling. Mm. Um, and it's now very difficult to swear uh, because it offends so many people. And and so in our culture, much of what we used to identify with and have uh, is being somewhat watered down and eroded. Uh, and, and so I think maybe we love the idea that we can go back to our roots, play backyard cricket, have a nice hot summer and uh, and get down to the beach. You know, I think that that's something that as Australians we aspire to be able to do. Oh, look, I can feel the nostalgia with a tinge of melancholy entering your tone and I just want to arrest it right there because I want to talk to you. It's not melancholy, but, you know, I, you know, I think that there's, you know, I think maybe that's our traditional thing or our cultural thing that kind of seeps in to give us that five weeks. Yeah, absolutely. But I want to talk to you because I was looking back on on our episodes from 12 months ago and, and every, every episode around this time of the year and I, I, I could be wrong and I would love to be wrong. But I don't think at the beginning of 2018, we did an episode on uh, upcoming trends for 2018, what to look out for in the health and wellness really? and aging well world. Look, maybe Isn't we did. when we spoke about vegan being big and... Um, yeah, well, because my whole belief is that every time we do this episode, you have this great ability to nail your projections and, and particularly the rise of veganism. But regardless of what we did 12 months ago, I know we've done it every year before that. And it's time now, Damo, to reflect on 2018 just for a little bit and then get your projections on what to look out for in the health and wellness world in 2019. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. I'm ready. So, first of all, question number one is, <laughs> what did you expect to be big in 2018 and you were vindicated? It was, it did come true, you were not surprised and it took the wellness world by storm. Well, vegan, uh, definitely like a big return to a plant-based diet, which is, I suppose, long overdue for a number of reasons. One, and you and I have spoken about this a number of times, um, the diversity of our microbiome in our gut is dependent on the diversity of plant foods that go into our digestive system. So um, to see that more people will be eating more plant-based foods, I think is really important. So to see veganism rise probably just highlights an awareness around um, the need to eat more plants as opposed to a- to animals or animal products. I think that veganism is an extreme end of a plant based diet mm. that maybe is is too much. And I don't and I say that cautiously because there'll be people listening to the to this thinking, oh yeah, but what about the animals? And I, and I get it. I totally I understand the ethical reasons for veganism. I I understand that. There's a few things though that I don't understand around the the ethical component of veganism, uh, and that is bees. Like bees are out there working their butts off because that's what they do. But in order for our plants to be healthy and for us to get fruit and vegetables, bees have got to do their job. And then there's honey, and if we don't use the honey, then the honey goes to waste. What what else happens to the honey? So it's something that you know I think that we should feel okay with having. But you know there's bees are animals. Or they're actually the insects, and uh, they uh, and they, and they work hard. So I, I don't I don't understand that, but that's part of the the problem the thing. Is um, it is it this? I don't. I, I honestly, I'm, I'm about to start laughing, but I don't mean to laugh. Isn't it there there a um, concern amongst the vegan community that bees are dying, and I don't know the exact it's reason. From, it's not from being overworked, and it's not like, from not from creating honey. Anyway, I, I've never understood it either. Um, no, but 
There is. I know there's some concern. I was just trying to Google it whilst you were talking. The concern well, yeah. around bees, <laughs> and I know that there is a population concern with bees. Yeah. But uh, what I you're saying globally. is That's that global. is a global. Yeah, you're right. That is a global thing. The the question around animals fascinates me because my children are now beginning to ask me. Um, how do animals, you know, the animal that we might be eating at some point, you know, how do they die? And, uh, and you know, it's a, it's a wonderful question because I'm there talking about, well, we can focus on how they die, but a really important part is how they are raised when they're living, how they're treated when they're living. Um, and it, it does expose me to a point because there's not much that I can really tell them without getting into some level of graphic description in terms of how an animal dies because... It's it's a very um, what's the word practical answer. It's a it's a practical question. Um, yeah. You know what does it look like? What do they, What how do they do it? All the rest of it. But I think that's a really um, I reckon that's a big part of 2019 and beyond is maturing the conversation from vegan to plant based, which is what I think you were alluding to. That most yeah. cultures that we've observed, their whole all of their diets are plant based. Mm. They just have a different variation on animal and protein content. You know, pig ear soup is very popular in Okinawa. Um, yeah. and just as uh, roasted or boiled goat is very popular in Ikaria. But both of those diets, the Okinawan and the Mediterranean diet, are plant-based, as in the, the foundation of the their food pyramid or food plate um, yeah. is a truckload of vegetables. Yeah, not necessarily grain, just but vegetables. That's yeah. right. So you're right. And where vegan goes wrong or where vegetarianism could go wrong is where you look for meat replacements. So you're looking at highly processed foods, um, you know, petri dish or, yeah, petri dish um, proteins um, made from um, soy-based or other types of, um, you know, proteins uh, that are then assembled to look like or taste like the original thing. So you've got soy or textured um, vegetarian protein, um, TVP, made into a burger patty that's made to taste like normal meat by adding um, bacteria to it. So, uh, and then you've got these little things that that are made to look like a turkey or a, t- a chicken leg, uh, made out of soy or textured vegetarian protein, and uh, and they're flavoured according to what the flavour might taste like if it was a real turkey or a real chicken. Um, and so that's where it kind of goes wrong in that for all the altruistic reasons that you might do veganism, you still desire the flavor and you still desire um, maybe the texture of meat, um, but you're doing it for you know the, the, the well-being of the animal, but you're actually doing it at the expense of your own health. Mm-hmm. And so that's where kind of that goes wrong. And so we've got to be really, really careful um, in that regard, I reckon anyway. And I think that that's where we might go wrong. Uh, with that trend in 2019. Yeah, wow. Okay, so that's the vegan dilemma which we face in 2019 is just how crazy it may go. Is there anything else dietary-wise, whether it's a new diet or a new spin on diet to look out for um, or a reduction in popularity of certain ways of eating? Is there anything that you think we might be seeing on that front um, in the coming months? I think we saw the almost um, complete decline of paleo um, you know, I don't Complete hear... Complete decline, wow. Yeah, I, you just don't hear people saying, oh, I'm going paleo. Like every now and then you hear people saying, I'm going paleo for a, a little while. Yep. I'm doing paleo for the next few weeks. Um, so there's there's been a, a huge shift from 
you know, people wanting to absolutely enroll in the paleo lifestyle and only be paleo to, I suppose, again, a normalization of what paleo could bring to your life. And so, again, going back to a plant-based diet and eating clean food, which is what we've been speaking about or I've been speaking about for, you know, ever, uh, it's just coming back to a middle ground of using lots of plants and high-quality proteins that suit your lifestyle and, um, and, and living that way without labeling it. So uh, we've seen that. But again, the other thing that I suggested that would happen last year would be, and again, this is another big swing away from, um, from away from the middle, is keto. And so keto, we saw, you know, kind of coming in in the late part of 2017. Through 2018, we saw, I suppose, a movement away from the exogenous ketones that people were starting to drink. People thought that they could drink exogenous ketones or ketones from a bottle and uh, and that they'd go into ketosis better and more efficiently, but that was quickly debunked and people realized that that was actually a dangerous practice. So you've so seen that wear off, as in you've seen that? Gone. Yep. Yeah. The exogenous ketones, I think, is all but finished. Uh, right, and I really? Think what, as a, as a company or you mean as a movement? As a movement. Yep. I don't... I, I suspect that they're still going and that those people involved in the multi-level marketing component of that um, are probably still doing it. But you're not um, being... You're not being... Um, Hassled's not a very nice word, but you're not being um, seconded. Yes, you're not being. You're not getting Facebook messages from people you haven't spoken to in six months, nah. asking you if you're trying to get into ketosis. No, no, not not anymore. Which is good. So no, I think that's a good thing. So, but we're, again, we've you know that keto is another extreme thing to do. However, it's very effective. Like paleo is an extreme thing to do, and it's very effective. And vegan is a very uh, extreme thing to do. Um, and it's very effective, but we don't have to go to those extremes to live a really healthy life. Yeah. Uh, and so I, I don't know t- totally whether or not this is the case, but th- there appears to have been a quietening down around um, things like MCT oil um, as people have started to realize that it comes from palm oil and that's affecting the orangutans and, and all that sort of thing, you know, because it's, it's not a, co- a coconut oil extract, it's a palm oil extract. And um, and so I think people are starting to realize that and they're looking at the origin of their food. So the next big trend, I think, for 2019 is going to be food origin. People are going to be more concerned with where their food comes from um, and, and, and be really, I suppose, diligent in understanding where it comes from. And, and there's probably almost going to be uh, a movement, not necessarily away from wellness, but maybe a bit of a relaxing in terms of that. So not being so hardcore to evangelical. I think there's been a bit of a shift there. And so it, it's maybe more now a bit more dinner table conversational as opposed to standing on the streets on a box, um, you know, reading from a Bible. It's very different now. You think it has softened? Do you feel like it, it, there are less people screaming from the rooftop saying this is the way that you must eat? Do you think there's a – that's almost like a maturing if, if you think that's the case where there's there's less – right, wrong around food and, and more acceptance of people's choices? Look, as I say that, I'm, I'm reminded of um, on the day of the Boxing Day sale or maybe the day after the Boxing Day sale in Melbourne, um, just out the front of the GPO, which is now H&M, uh, there was about 50 vegans there um, having a massive protest against animal slaughter and, you know, for animal rights. And they'd, they'd dressed up a Christmas table 
and they were sitting at this Christmas table and uh, they'd poured blood all over their, their bodies, like all fake blood. It wouldn't be real blood, of course. Um, and and over their faces um, to show that what they were doing was, you know, killing animals. And it attracted a lot of attention. Like there would have been maybe another 100 or 200 people just watching and police presence and all that sort of stuff. And so there will still be people. There will always be people who are evangelists and there will always be people that are shouting from the rooftop of a way in which you should, could, or would be doing something better. And um, But I, I think that for those of us who have been in and around it for, you know, pretty much the better part of a decade or two decades, uh, there's what we're seeing is in the community of people that are, have been in that, there's a quieting down of going, okay, well, I've seen what does work and what doesn't work, and, and now maybe there's a bit of, uh, sensibility about it, maybe, and as you say, a maturity about it. What about if we just move off from food for a moment? What about movement? Because I know I remember asking you this a couple of years back, and um, you, you know there were conversations around um, MoveNat. Um, CrossFit was probably well established by then. But what do you think we're going to observe? I know F45 has become quite popular, uh, particularly in the last twelve to eighteen months. Obviously, yoga is is still on an upward trend, I, I would say, and um, I see other things around Byron, whether it's Bar A um, and other forms of uh, group exercise. What do you think is going to be, uh, you know, part of the more uh, pop culture around movement in 2019 and beyond? Well, there's I, that's a great question, and I did think that movement was going to be big, but it just didn't get going here in Australia, and that was one, um, you know, tip that I gave that flopped. That was a flop. Um, but, pulling out the honesty now, far out. Yes, but CrossFit uh, has still been strong, and there's still people doing it. I, I don't know. Does LT still people. do it? Yeah, yeah. We're talking about it the other day. We had dinner together, LT and I. Actually, both LT and I both got food poisoning that night. No and, way. Uh, we you did. You want to out the restaurant? <laughs> nah, because it's we've been to this restaurant before. It's pretty good. Like we, we you know, yeah. we'll go back. We'll go back again. Shit, but um, go back for some extra food poisoning on the side, will you? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think we'll get it twice. You know, lightning doesn't strike twice in the same place. I don't think. But we'll we'll see. We'll see. But um, I'd be life banning it just personally. <laughs> well, it's it's just an Asian fusion restaurant in Sydney that LT likes to go to. I think so I know the one. You probably do. Yeah, you probably do. And we um. Anyway, we'll, we'll cook, but uh, where was I going with that? Sorry, we'll talk, you were talking about CrossFit. I asked you, is that CrossFit? That's right, CrossFit. yes, yes. Yeah, yeah and, he's been, and he mentioned he's been doing CrossFit every day for four years, or pretty much every day for four years now. Jeez. And uh, he looks fit, LT. He's looking really fit so and strong, and uh, he's in great shape. So, But what's interesting about that is that LT's used CrossFit as a way of being accountable. I go there every day. You can hear LT saying this. I go there every day. I follow the workout. I don't think I'm going to be able to get through the workout. Every single day, I don't think I can get through the workout, and every single day, I do. And um, and so, I, I think for him, it's just a great you know, part of his day that's, that holds him accountable. And I think maybe that's what people are going to do. They're going to find periods of time in the day that are short, maybe 45 minutes, like F45, or maybe 30 minutes, uh, where they will do some training of sorts. And uh, that could be slow uh, training like yoga. Um, it could be high-intensity yoga. I know someone doing high-intensity yoga, uh, which I think is hilarious. Um, it could be it could, it's kind of – that's an oxymoron. Yeah. Uh, but there'll be short bursts of, uh, of exercise in their preferred form um, or format. Um, 
But you're talking groups. You're saying the rise of group groups. exercise it's, is going to yeah. continue. Uh, I think it's important because it's that yep. community. That's where people get to talk, you know. So, you know, we used to do boot camps. Um, those sorts of things will still continue because people like to be part of a group. And exercise has become expensive. You know, it used to be that a personal trainer would come to your house, you might pay 50 bucks for the hour and, you know, you train for the hour with the personal trainer. But now it's... 60 or 70 dollars for the half hour 120 dollars for an hour mm. and um and it's very expensive to train with a personal trainer these days and you get um, the same people, accountability with a group workout this is it so people are going to go uh, more with a group training you know sort of environment where it might cost them 15 or 20 dollars personal trainer still making you know good coin of, of money and doing good and yep they you know in many cases they do a great job so good on them and uh, but people get to train in a group, which they really enjoy, and uh, and I think the group training is going to take off and and just keep on getting stronger. Oh, good work. All right, well, we do need to wrap up. I'm going to give you one, which is Captain Obvious, but we haven't spoken about it on this podcast yet. And yes. uh, we're going to do a whole episode on this because I know it fascinates us both. But in 2019, we will know for sure if Jean Calmont, the oldest human being ever <laughs> to live on record at 122 years and 164 days. Was a fraud in the fact that it may have been her daughter Yvonne that took over her mum's identity when Jean died yes. aged 59. And, ah. uh, to avoid the 38.4% inheritance tax, Yvonne took on her mum's identity and died at 99, not 122. Yeah. Uh, yeah. possibility in 2019 that they will pull both bodies out of the ground, do a DNA test and find out for sure who is who. And that could flip longevity and gerontology oh, on, on its, its head. head. <laughs> on its head. Whoa! It's just off. That's off the scale. Like it just can't. You think, wow. That maybe we have spoken to some of the oldest people in the world. Um, if that's the case, because, that would make uh, Sarah Knaus or Naus, depending on how you want to say it, at age one hundred and nineteen, the oldest human being ever to live. And that would put all of the, all of the. What's the word? I'm going to just say strict. Strict, what's the word I want to say? I'm mean, strict Catholics. I'm looking for, I'm missing a word that, uh, point to the Bible, uh, and, uh, and, and point to the fact that it is mentioned that 120 years is the maximum age for a human being. Then, uh, Sarah got, uh, within days of 120, but not 120, and she would be the oldest human being ever on record. And, uh, that 122 years, 164 days would be scratched. <laughs> and the Guinness, the, the 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 Guinness World Records company would have egg on their face like you wouldn't believe because they verified uh, Jean Calmont's age within an inch mm. of mm. his life. And um, this Russian researcher Nikolai has, uh, yeah, poured hot water on it. So we will find out more in 2019, mm. no doubt. What if we get Nikolai on? Yeah, I've, I've got intentions to. I feel like he might be hounded a bit. It's uh, not as easy as I would like to track the man down, but um, it would be a mm. great chat. That's for sure. Mm. That's for sure. Um, we look forward to having more of these conversations throughout the year because it's always good to particularly pick your brain on stuff that we don't generally talk about so much on the aging well front, but all of these conversations are important for us to age well as the years progress. We are entering our sixth year together, I think, great man. It could even be year Amazing. seven. I get confused around birthdays. I think it's our but, seventh um, year. Yes, we're, we're, we are entering our seventh year because we'll be celebrating mm. our sixth birthday on episode 312, which is mm. 
fascinating and incredible. <laughs> and we're Thanks. not even halfway through. We've got many years ahead of us. But Absolutely. thanks again, uh, great man, for all that you bring to the 100 Not Out table and can't wait for another wonderful year ahead on this podcast. Um, and we must mention, we mention it every time, but if you would like to spend some uh, special time with Damien and myself and a group of 100 Not Outers in Ikaria this year, we are over there on September 4 to 13 on the Greek island where people forget to die. It is 10 days in paradise. To find out more and to apply, head on over to 100notout.com. Thanks again for your wisdom, legend. Yeah, thank you so much, Piercy. I just love it. I love the way that we just chat and banter. It's really great. And that's what people love. Fills my bucket. Thanks, mate. No, my pleasure. To find out more about the great man, head on over to damienchristoff.com. For myself, marcuspierce.com.au. A big thank you to everyone who makes this podcast possible. Joseph, our editor, Rosie Garner, who does our social media alongside Cielo and the entire team at The Wellness Couch. To find out more and to see the 100 Not Out archives, head on over to thewellnesscouch.com. If you've loved this episode, please share it with a friend and go into the iTunes store and give it a five-star rating That makes us feel warm and fuzzy. And make sure you share with your community how to listen to podcasts. Show them the podcast app and uh, open up a whole new world for your friends and family. Thanks again for your support of the podcast. And until next week, continue to make the rest of your life the best of your life. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Whilst the Wellness Couch presenter endeavor to provide accurate and helpful information to their listeners, these podcasts cannot take into account individual circumstances and are not intended to be a substitute for health and medical advice from a qualified health professional. You should always seek the advice of a qualified health professional before acting on any of the information provided by any of the Wellness Couch podcasts.